The title of today's sermon is By Faith. By Faith. And if you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to start off just by reading the first two verses from the Living Bible. But uh, keep your Bibles open because we're going to spend some time uh, in Hebrews 11 during the course of the message. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 and 2 from the Message Bible reads as follows. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. Men and women of God in days of old were famous for their faith. Don't you love that last part? Men and women of God in days of old were famous for their faith. I trust that that will be able to be said of each one of us, that we were and are famous for our faith. The rest of the chapter contains references to some of these men and women of God and the incredible things that they did by faith. Do you know that in Hebrews chapter 11, the phrase by faith is mentioned 23 times? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. I believe that the Lord is wanting us to reflect today on the absolute necessity of living by faith. Perhaps more than ever before, we need to take special note of the way we wake up in the mornings and of the way we live during the day and of the way we go to bed at night and to be cognizant of our thinking and of our seeing. Is there faith in our thinking when we wake up in the morning? Is there faith in our seeing? Is there faith in our living during the day? Is there faith in our speaking? In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, Paul writes, We live by faith and not by sight. Think about this. We live by faith and not by sight. You may want to consider making this your own declaration when you wake up in the morning, to wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Thank you that today I live by faith and not by sight. And possibly uh, during the day, if you're facing a really challenging project at work, you can just say, Lord, this is tough, but uh, I thank you that I live by faith and not by sight, and I can trust you to help me. Friends, we live in a world where there are so many things that can disturb us. Many things that can disturb us in this world that we live. And those things can cause us to experience doubt and, and fear. Especially if we get this verse the wrong way around and we live by sight and not by faith. I love this quote by Smith Wigglesworth. He said, I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I see, but only by what I believe. Listen to David's faith in Psalm 27, verse 13 to 14. He says the following, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, if there's anyone who could have started to doubt, it was David. I don't know if you know, but he was anointed as king when he was 16 years old. And he only became king when he turned 30. Now, during that time, 
most of that time, he was being pursued by Saul who wanted to kill him those 16 years. Yet David lived by faith and not by sight. And he declared, God had spoken and he knew that he was confident that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Living by faith does not mean that we won't experience hardships or trials or losses in this life. It means that when we do, we lean closely into the love of our God and we trust Him and we put our faith in Him to bring us through those times. So let's dip into Hebrews 11 and discover some of the faith treasures that God has for us. And the first treasure is that by faith we can believe even when we cannot see. By faith we can believe even when we cannot see. In Hebrews 11 verse 3 it says this, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Have you ever seen that line? It was not made out of what was visible. You know, scientists throughout the ages have tried to explain creation. There are all kinds of theories, many of them being shared with great confidence and certainty. But this verse tells us two things about creation. Firstly, that the universe was formed at God's command. He spoke creation into being. And secondly, that what we see, the sun and the moon and the stars and all the wonderful parts of our planet that we can see, they were not made out of what was visible. See, it takes faith to believe that everything was created by the spoken word of God. And by faith, we can believe that before a single atom was created, God somehow plucked something out of the unseen realm. Something that science will never be able to analyze or interpret or quantify. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 29, we read the following. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever. And the Lord has revealed many wonderful things to us. Salvation by grace through faith has been revealed to us and it belongs to us and to our children forever. But there's certain mysteries around creation. There's certain secret things that belong to the Lord our God and to Him only. And that's why we can believe these things by faith. We serve the all-powerful creator of heaven and earth and it is in Him that we have faith. We don't have faith in faith. We have faith in the creator of the heavens and the earth Nothing is impossible for him. I don't know about you, but I find this comforting. I find this company that God is so big and that we can't figure him out completely, that there's certain mystery because he's a mighty God, an almighty God. If you're looking for a wonderful example of this, that by faith we can believe even when we cannot see, you can just dip into the Gospel of John and you don't have to go far in the Gospel of John to find this. In the second chapter, we read about Jesus' first miracle where he changed water into wine. So what happened was Mary had been invited, his mother had been invited to a wedding and Jesus and the disciples had been invited to go too. And uh, at one point, the wine ran out. 
Now, I'm not sure why that happened. Possibly uh, more guests arrived than was expected. And the hospitality of the day just said, come in, come in, you know. And uh, that could have happened. Possibly the caterer had got his math wrong, you know, and uh, there was too little wine. And, uh, or maybe, maybe the family didn't have sufficient funds and they could only purchase so much and the wine ran out. I don't know why the wine ran out. But Mary had faith in Jesus and she knew that he could do something about the situation. Her faith was so strong that she didn't even give him any advice. She didn't say, Jesus, I think you must do X, Y, Z to solve the problem. She just said, the wine has run out. And she just trusted him to make a way. Sometimes in our lives, that's what we need to do. We just have to tell the Lord our need. Don't have to tell him how to solve it. We just say, Lord, here's the need. And we can trust him to do the miracle in his own magnificent, majestic way. You know, the servants also displayed faith because Jesus saw these ceremonial water jars and he said to the servants, fill these up with water. And the servants, in their own faith, they didn't just fill them up, they filled them up to the brim. Can you picture that? There must have been some faith going on in these servants. They filled it up right to the brim. And then when Jesus said, take some of this water that had changed into wine to the master of the banquet, they did so without hesitation. In John 2 verse 11, there's a wonderful verse, and this is what it says. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. I believe that with each miracle that Jesus performed, his disciples became more and more confident of his ability to do the impossible. Healing a leper, healing a blind person, healing a cripple. I think eventually the disciples realized nothing is impossible with Jesus. You know, during our worship today, we sang about God being our way maker, our miracle worker, and our promise keeper. And I really trust that those words are real to you and that in your life, you have testimony of him being a way maker for you and a miracle worker for you. You see, we need to remember these miracles. We need to remember how God has helped us because those things strengthen our faith. And then when we look into the future and there's a new challenge we can confidently go to the Lord knowing that he can do the impossible for us. The second treasure that is found in Hebrews chapter 11 is that by faith we can walk with God. By faith we can walk with God. Does that sound great to you guys? That every day we can just walk with God because of our faith? So in Hebrews 11 verse four and five, we read about Abel and about Enoch and it says the following. Both men were men of faith. And uh, it says both men, and it says, Abel wanted to please God, and so by faith he gave God the best offering he could give. And the Lord was pleased and commended him. Can you picture Abel? He lived by faith. He wanted to bless God with his offering. In Colossians 3 verse 23 it says, whatever you do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. When we do that, we're walking with God in a way that, pleases him, and he will commend us too. But have a look at Enoch. You know, the Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more, for God took him. 
And uh, you know, it's very easy to think that maybe Enoch walked for God, with God for a, like maybe two weeks and then, and then he was just too good and God took him home. But that's not what the Bible says. In Genesis 5, we read that Enoch walked with God for 300 years. He walked with God. Have you ever heard about Methuselah? Methuselah was the oldest person in the Bible. He lived to the ripe old age of 969 years. Well, Enoch was Methuselah's dad. Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. And then the Bible says that Enoch had other sons and daughters. I find this really encouraging for all of us parents. All the parents wave, okay? Because sometimes it can be quite overwhelming being a parent. And uh, this encourages me that we can walk with God and live by faith even when we are parenting our children. Because that's what Enoch did. And he did it so well that God at some point, when he was 365 years old, took him to heaven. He didn't die. Enoch walked with God. There's a powerful verse in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We cannot walk with God if we don't believe in him. We cannot walk with him if we don't believe in him. But if we believe in him and if we earnestly seek him, we can enjoy his presence every single day. Throughout the day, we can walk with God. The next treasure we find in Hebrews chapter 11 is that by faith, we can obey God even when we don't understand. We can obey God even when we don't understand. Hebrews 11 verse 7 read, it says the following, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear he built an ark to save his family. We read the story in Genesis chapter six and there God told Noah what he was going to do. He said, the wickedness of the world is so great, I'm going to destroy the world with a flood. He told Noah about something that had never ever happened before. It wasn't like Noah could go back in his frame of reference and say, oh yes, I remember, you've done that before, okay, I know what to expect, all right, I'll prepare. He was telling Noah about something that had never, never, ever happened been seen or taken place before. And uh, Noah obeyed without hesitation. Some people speculate that it took between 55 and 75 years to build the ark. I know that there's someone uh, in, I think it's in the States, who, who built an ark uh, in 18 months, the same spec as uh, Noah, but uh, they used machinery, and at one point they had a thousand people working on the job for those 18 months. So you can just imagine how long it took Noah and his sons to build this, the ark in those days. So here it takes 55 to 75 years to build the ark, and Noah obeyed God year after year after year because of his faith. Is there anyone here who's been obeying the Lord and you're waiting? or something that you, you know is gonna happen, but it hasn't quite happened, and yet the Lord's calling you to live in obedience in the unknown. And you do that for a week, and then you do it 
for a month, and then you do it for a year, and then five years pass, and the Lord says, keep it up, my child. It's gonna happen. Just keep walking, keep obeying, keep living by faith. We then read about Abraham, and I, I've always loved Abraham. Uh, there's something about his obedience and his faith that's always stirred in my heart. And in verse eight of Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. If the Lord called you to leave Pretoria and move to another city or another country, would you respond quickly or would there be lots of negotiation? I remember uh, when the Lord called me to move from the West Rand down to Cape Town. Oh my goodness, I had a two week very tough negotiation with the Lord. And, uh, and with hindsight, I'm so glad he was patient with me because he had a good plan for me to live in Cape Town for those six years. And I was glad that in those two weeks that I was wrestling with him, he just kept on affirming what his will for me was. But actually, Sometimes we need to respond quickly in obedience and we need to say yes. The Lord speaks and we just say yes. Can you remember Jesus when he called his disciples? So he's walking on the sea, on the side of the Sea of Galilee and he comes across uh, two of his disciples. This is what it says. It says, he was walking on the beach when he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And the next verse says, at once they left their nets and they followed him. At once they obeyed. At once they left their nets and they followed him. They didn't know where he was going to lead them. They didn't know what he was going to ask them to do. They didn't know how their future would unveil. But they trusted Jesus and they said yes. You know, over the past few weeks, there's been much tension in our country, South Africa. The situation in Senegal has been very volatile. But I was so encouraged to read about the Dare to Love ministry team because the Lord prompted them to take bottles of water, and they took thousands of bottles of water, and to go right into the midst of that conflict and to minister. They took bottles of water, they took a whole lot of pocket Bibles, those small little Bibles, and they went there, and there they were gathered right between the two conflicting parties. They didn't know how it was going to turn out. It was a dangerous situation, but they were there, and they began to pray, and they began to sing, and as the heat of the day rose, they began to distribute water. I believe that day, Natural water flowed, but so did the living water of God because peace came. They were there as peacemakers. Amen. We thank the Lord. But the key is that team obeyed in faith. They obeyed. The Lord prompted them and then they stepped out. And they didn't wait. They didn't delay. They didn't wait for the next event. They went to that first one. As the Lord prompted, they responded. Are you alert and attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Are you eager to obey when he speaks? Because there's opportunities to minister all around us. There's a huge mission field. The harvest is ripe. 
And so as we wake in the morning and we live by faith and we're sensitive to the voice of the Lord and he drops things for us to do, phone calls to make, people to speak to. And as we respond quickly with obedience and we do those things, we too will be peacemakers. We too will be instruments of the Lord to bring his hope into this world. The next point is an exciting one. By faith, we can speak blessing over people. By faith, we can speak blessing over people. Quickly scan down to verses 20 and 21 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Listen to this. In regard to their future. And the next verse says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of Joseph's sons and he worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. You see, Isaac knew the power of a blessing. He knew that the blessing that he spoke over Jacob would come to pass. Even though Jacob had deceived him in getting the blessing, he knew that the blessing that had been spoken over him would determine Jacob's future. He knew that Jacob would rule over Esau and all the relatives. He knew that Jacob would be sustained with grain and new wine year and year and year after year because those were the very blessings that he had spoken over Jacob. And he had spoken over Jacob in faith. He knew that it was gonna happen. Years later, Jacob was old and full with years. And he was, he knew he was going to die. And so here he calls Joseph's sons and he speaks a blessing over them. We read in Genesis that he not only spoke over Joseph's sons, but over each one of his sons. And he spoke a blessing over each one of them. I'm not sure if we speak enough life and blessing over one another in today's world. I'm not sure. I don't know if we're too rushed or if we're too preoccupied, or if we've allowed ourselves to doubt the value of a blessing, or if we just haven't got faith sometimes when we speak a blessing over someone. You know, in the Jewish tradition, they have a Shabbat meal on the Sabbath, and during the evening, the Father will bless each one of the children there. It's a beautiful thing. How much more can we, as spirit-filled children of God, speak life and blessing over those around us? How much more? I mean, if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we ask God, we want to bless someone, we want to speak a blessing over a friend. Lord, what is on your heart for this friend? And we get a sense and we speak it with faith over that person. Come on, husbands. Come on, wives. Come on, fathers. Come on, mothers. Come on, children. By the way, children, you can bless your parents. Let's, with faith, speak life and blessing over those around us. On Thursday, I was preparing this message and at one point, I was just getting a bit stuck and Pastor Philip came into my office and he just checked in with me and had a little chat and then he said, come, let me pray. And he just prayed over me and he just prayed and his prayer just went right into my heart. And uh, within the next hour or so, the whole message had come together. It's a great blessing. And so when we pray for each other, let's believe, let's pray with faith and let's believe that the Lord will answer that and help that person that we are ministering to. 
You know, Jesus even tells us to bless those who curse us. Let's just up everything. You know, Jesus just up everything a level. I mean, that's just what he did. He said, you know, the Old Testament said this. Well, I say this. You know, the Old Testament said this. I say this. And uh, here he says, I-, I want you to bless those who curse you. And, you know, it is only by faith, only if we're living by faith that we can do this authentically. It's only by faith that we can really bless someone who has opposed us or cursed us or resisted us or hurt us. It's only by faith that we can do it. Where we go before the Lord, we say, this person's done this, but Lord, I bless them. Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Lord, release them of this. Lord, shift the situation. Lord, cause them to see you. Lord, it's only by faith we can do that. When we do that, it is victory on the highest order. Highest order victory when we bless someone who has cursed us. Well, the next treasure is that by faith, we can overcome the lure of worldliness and sin. I want you to think about that. There's lots of sin and lots of worldliness in the world. A lot of people are getting caught up with addictions and all kinds of sin. And it is only by faith that we can overcome the lure of worldliness and sin. In Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 26, we read about Moses. This is what it says. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be ill-treated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You know, it must have taken a lot of faith for Moses to give up his position as a prince of Egypt, to give up his place in the palace. Not only did he forego the luxury and the status and the comfort that that would have offered him, but by doing so, he chose slavery instead. He actually chose to be mistreated with the people of Israel rather than to be exalted as a prince of Egypt. You know, the Bible tells us that the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth can rob us of our fruitfulness for the kingdom. Worldliness and sin can rob us of the far greater things that the Lord has for our lives. If you find yourself working in an environment where participating in corruption or bending the rules would benefit you financially, then you know all about the lure of worldliness and sin. Look, I'm not a very good fisherman. Pam's laughing. (laughs) I'm not a good fisherman, not even very. But I understand what a lure does. It attracts the fish. That's what a lure does. The fish thinks that it's gonna get a meal and instead it becomes a meal for someone else. It is by faith that we can overcome temptation and live godly lives. It's by faith that we can resist these lures that the enemy keeps putting for us to take. It's only by faith. Because faith helps us to look beyond the world's value system, beyond that car or that clothing or that holiday accommodation or that wealth or that extra bank balance. It's only by faith that we can look beyond the world's value system 
to God's value system. And that's how Moses lived. He looked beyond for his reward. He knew with deep faith that the eternal benefits of God's kingdom were far superior to the temporary benefits of wealth and prestige. When we live by faith, we have the courage to say no to wickedness. Have a look at Moses and have a look at his parents in verse 23 and 26. It's quite remarkable, this. Listen to Moses' parents. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edicts. They knew that the king's edict was wicked and they were not afraid of disobeying the king's edict. Verse 26, by faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. That king, that pharaoh would have been mighty. For many, they would have been afraid to leave. But Moses saw him who was invisible, and he was not afraid of the king's anger. The last treasure that I'd like to highlight, and by the way, if I could do part two of this, I think I could do another six treasures because Hebrews 11 is so rich in faith. But the last treasure that I'd like to highlight this morning is that by faith, we can do great exploits for the Lord. We can do great, great exploits for the Lord. In verse 32 to 34 of Hebrews 11, we read, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, think of Gideon, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Here we have a list of people who were powerful in battle and who conquered kingdoms by faith. By faith, we can take territory, not defend territory. Every time we respond with love, instead of with fear or with hate, we are taking territory. Every time we earnestly intercede for someone, we are powerful in battle. Every time we stand in the gap and we earnestly intercede for someone, we are powerful in battle. Every time we stand up for righteousness, we are administering justice. Every time we are generous to someone in need, in big and small ways, we are living by faith. This is how the church of Jesus shines bright in the world. When we disperse darkness and usher in the kingdom of God. Some of you may be listening and you feel a little bit like Gideon hiding in the wine press. Even as I'm preaching, you don't really believe that you could do great exploits by faith. But the Lord knows what he has deposited in you. And more importantly, he knows what can happen when you are empowered by his spirit to accomplish that which he calls you to do. There's a, a quote that I read the other day, and it's by a man who was asked, if you could write your autobiography in six words, what would it be? 
And he said this, what if we were less afraid? What if we were less afraid? Wow. Hebrews chapter 11 has 40 faith-packed verses in it. 40 verses. If there was a 41st verse, Hebrews 41, 11 verse 41, if there was a 41st verse there that said this, by faith, and then put your name, by faith, Tion, by faith, Judah, by faith, Ruth, by faith, Peter, by faith, Megan, by faith, Kahiso. What would it say? Based on your life to date. Guys, we need to remember what God has done and what are some of the things that we've done by faith. By faith, France. And then we need to look at the life ahead, the years that lie ahead, and we need to get a faith dream. What if we were less afraid? What if we responded more by faith than by fear? Because if each of us lives by faith, can you imagine how our faith stories will bring glory to the Lord and will bring hope to a world that is desperately in need of us to live by faith? Let us pray. Father God, thank you for your word that encourages our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for this chapter in Hebrews 11 that just reminds us to live by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord, that by faith we can believe even when we cannot see. Thank you, Lord, that by faith we can walk with you and we can please you with the way we live and the offerings we give. Thank you, Lord, that by faith we can obey you even when we don't understand and even when the dream is delayed. We can continue to obey you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that by faith we can speak blessing over people and we can watch as you honor that blessing and you honor the prayers that we pray. Thank you, Lord, that by faith we can overcome the lure of worldliness and sin. Lord God, we can live righteous lives by faith. And thank you, Lord, that by faith we can do great exploits for you. <laughs> Your spirit can empower us, Lord God. And uh, Father, I just even want to pray now that uh, many of us, Lord God, will be amazed at how you do great things through our lives, right where we are, right where we work, in our families. Lord God, we, we offer ourselves afresh to you today to be instruments of faith, Lord God. And I just want to pray, Lord, that each one listening or each person who's present here, that tomorrow morning, Lord God, when they wake up, they will wake up with faith in their hearts, Lord God. Their eyes will be on you and they'll know that nothing is impossible for you. And I pray that their, their situations will look differently as they see them with eyes of faith, Lord God. Father, I pray that your word will open up to your people because you say that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And I want to pray for anyone here, Lord God, who whose faith feels low. I want to pray that as they begin to read your word, Lord God, they will get rhema revelation and your Holy Spirit will begin to stir in their hearts and that that faith will be stirred up quickly as they read about you, Jesus, as they read about your miracles and as they marvel again at what you did to save mankind. 
Father God, we thank you for your goodness. And it's, we thank you, Lord, for your power. And we thank you that it's you in whom we place our faith.